The stronger the grasp, the greater the distortion of perception and judgment. I'm from Oregon, I'm from Oregon I drink my coffee, smoke my reefer in the morning I roll two J's up and then I domed them And when I'm done touring and performing Send me back to Oregon I'm from Let's Oregon. do it. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Hippie Speedball Podcast. It is Joe, your host with the most Joe. If you're listening on Spotify, you know what to do. If you're listening on Apple, you know what to do. And today, I got a legendary person from the cannabis industry. I got turned on to him from my friend Lotus. Shout out to Lotus for hooking this up. He was like, hey, if you're going to have anybody on your podcast, you got to talk to this guy. He's a legend. Looked him up, and damn right, Lotus called it. So everybody, please welcome Joe Pietri. Is it Pietri? Pietri. Yeah. yeah, Joe Pietri, the AKA the King of Nepal. Joe, thanks a lot for joining me, bud. This is I'm, I'm honored. Actually, actually, thank you. You're welcome. The the Joe uh, Pietri means in Latin stone. So my name is actually Joe Stone. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Stone. That is fucking incredible. What a, what a perfect 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 segue, man. That's great. How you doing today, bud? I'm glad we were able to forget. I'm freaking... doing good. I'm doing good. I just moved down to Oklahoma. I bought a 9-acre farm here and I'm going to be producing a, a medical down here. What? Uh, I let me go back into a little, do a little uh, 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 biographical uh, uh, about myself so people know who I am and what I have been doing. Uh, I've been in the cannabis industry since 1963. 63 is when I first started to get uh, high. And, uh, and, you know, when you, when, you become, when you first get high and you love it so much, you become a dealer because you start buying ounces and splitting them up with your friends. And then the ounces go to pounds and pounds go to hundreds of pounds and on and on and on and on until you have boatloads. Anyway, uh, in 63, I started. And then I was, of course, in the Army uh, from 65 through 68. And the Army was the first time I ever crossed the border uh, with a load of Mexican uh, uh, uh to Fort Hood, Texas, where we were selling a lot of weed and a lot of hash that I was getting from New York. I got out of the Army 68, and then immediately, you know, uh, 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 my, 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 uh, my, 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 what I wanted to be most in life was a hash dealer, and that's what I became. I became a hash dealer, which eventually uh, led me to Nepal. And uh, uh, back in those days, you know, a, a pound of weed was a hundred bucks a pound. You know, a, 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 a kilo of weed on the border was ten or twenty bucks a kilo. You know, uh, you bought a kilo for about a hundred bucks in New York, and you split it up and sold pounds for like a hundred. An ounce was like you know, uh, ten to fifteen to twenty bucks an ounce. There was uh, basically a real commercial, but there was also very very good weed uh, coming from Colombia and Mexico back in those days. Uh, uh, most of the people had fincas, you know, had or were, were connected to fincas in Mexico, and they were they were supplying really top of the line sensimilla. And in Mexico, because there's many states in Mexico, every state had its own brand, like Michoacan, Culiacan, or uh, 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 the purple strains, or the stuff from from Veracruz. So every every state. Had, had their own weed and uh, sort of was a very competitive thing. Uh, 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 at first it was very commercial. As we started getting more sophisticated, we started getting better, better weed. And in 19, I remember in 1968 or six, it was 68 
we had a friend of ours, Ernesto, who flew his own weed up from Mexico, from his fincas in Mexico, and he had it packed in styrofoam. And it, uh, it wasn't pressed. It was it was uh, it was so sticky that you all you have to do is push the buds together and they stuck together. Mm. So we brought this wheat to New York and and we were sitting around in the uh, 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 Chelsea Hotel uh, 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 talking about whether we could get three hundred dollars or three hundred and fifty bucks for a pound of wheat because a pound of wheat was like a, a hundred bucks, hundred fifty bucks. But this wheat was so extraordinary and seedless, no seeds perfectly manicured that we you know we we were shocked when it flew out the door at 350 bucks a pound mm. you know and then and then in 1969 i went to nepal and i started smuggling hash but at the same time you know colombian weed started to come in from colombia and uh, you know in the beginning in the beginning you got really good colombian golds and colombian reds and they were like uh, sense to me a very little seed and but as the business got commercial uh, 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 more seed uh, uh, appeared on the in the product in fact I even see Colombian bales where uh, when you break it up in the middle it was like it looked like they just poured some seeds in the middle of it just to add weight it sort of once at the beginning it was really super quality and in the end, it was really commercial. But uh, uh, like I said, I wanted to be a hash dealer. I really wasn't interested in selling weed. I was interested in making hash. And so I, 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 I was involved in a Nepalese hash deal. And uh, it got me to Nepal and back to, to India and Nepal. And then when I got to Nepal, I, uh, I basically uh, became the hash dealer that I always wanted to be. I first started growing weed in nepal is 1970 i brought some acapulco gold seeds with me to uh, nepal but the monsoon season is so heavy the rains are so heavy that uh, the acapulco gold is a dry climate weed it wouldn't survive until i i bred it to a laotian strain which was a a a, a, a client acclimated to the monsoon season, and those seeds, uh, 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 th- those plants made it made it for that season. Which was the fir- first time I tried to grow it; it would it wouldn't survive the monsoon. When I bred it, and then it did. And basically, uh, uh, I started my smuggling career in in uh, in Nepal. I was receiving uh, 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 Tibetan mastiffs and and Lhasa hopsos. That were that were came in crates and the crates were it looked like plywood but it was actually solid hash nice. and it was a funny thing it was actually a funny thing because when we sent the dogs in they brought a dog out to smell the crates but when they brought the dog out the only thing the dog was excited about was the other dog <laughs> That's it, was, sick. It, it just it just defeated everything and in those days you know you didn't even need a, a social security card a number that open up a bank account. So you could go to any city with a fake ID and say, my name is uh, Joe uh, 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 Speedball and, uh, uh, and, and, and got a, opened up a bank account. And then what you did, you called up a custom broker who picked up your dog at the airport and delivered it to a veterinarian who put it in quarantine for two weeks. So we never picked up the dogs. We had a custom broker pick up the dog 
The dog got taken into quarantine. We watched the dog for a week, make sure the police weren't on it. And and then a week or so later, after the week, the dog was in quarantine, had all its shots, we had it all checked out, we'd go in and pick up the dog. Mm. And and it was a really it was a really uh, 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 beautiful scam that we did for a number of years, and no one ever got arrested, no one ever got busted, no one ever got, and no one even knew who was doing it. <laughs> and uh, uh, what happened? Why it why why uh, 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 it ended was that. I, I uh, by that time I was a hippie king living in Nepal with servants, hash factories, you know the whole thing at this point. But you know I uh, I was sending dogs to every major city in America, and each dog had like twenty kilos, which was like forty pounds. In those days, uh, a pound of hash wholesale was five hundred, six hundred. It started to go up to uh, from there there on in. But remember, five hundred bucks in those days was like five thousand bucks today. Yeah, you know what I mean. So the 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 you know I was sending so many dogs uh, that I ran out of dogs, and I had people go around Kathmandu and and we ripped the Japanese ambassador's dog off. <laughs> I mean, it was that kind of thing. We needed a dog. He had a crazy dog. We sent somebody over there. <laughs> you know, and, that, that, and that's what we did in those days. I had, I was running out of dogs. That's crazy. I had, I had pictures of me of my in my garage, and there were crates of dog crates already built, ready to be sent. And uh, 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 you know, I just needed the addresses. And it was, a, it was a. Uh, what happened was I, I sent two dogs. Uh, uh, one was going to Philadelphia and one was going to uh, to uh, Boston, and so uh, uh, I sent them to the airport. And I had I had my my black uh, mastiff, and I had this crazy dog that was just like uh, completely nuts. He'd, you'd feed him, and then he'd bite you. Mm. Right? The dog was so crazy that I was up in Malemshi, up in the Himalayas, where I had a hideout. And uh, we were up there, and I had brought my my your uh, 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 short band radio. I, I you know I brought you know fifty pounds of muesli, all these kinds of foods. I had food for there as long as I would stay. I was staying hiding out out there. I'd be hiding out there. I had plenty of good food. And uh, one day we heard a helicopter, and the helicopter landed in the village where I was living, where I was hiding, and. Uh, 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 out popped up the uh, 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 George Silk, the photographer for Lo- for for Look Ma- for Life magazine, and the University of Profess you know, uh, the head of the university, uh, the head zoologist from the University of Michigan, popped out of the helicopter. So we went over to greet them because yeah, helicopter just appearing and, and landing in the village Malemsi out in the real boondocks takes like two, three days to get there. Uh, leech infested forests, forests and tiger and, and leopards and all kinds of crazy shit up there. You, you got to know what you're doing. Uh, we went up there and they were there to, to, to uh, observe the white faced monkey. They have a white faced monkey. That's really rare. In Nepal, we we you could watch the monkeys as they might. And when they woke up in the morning, they moved to where they had breakfast. They had breakfast, then they moved to where they had lunch, where they they took a nap, and then they had their lunch. 
right? And then they move to the place where they're going to sleep at night. So you can actually see the monkeys move through the forest. That's crazy. And That's uh, awesome. uh, uh, the monkeys, the monkeys, uh, 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 we had, there was an, uh, apples that were we brought from California that were being grown up there. And the monkeys were raiding the apple fields. It's called the big hullabaloo up there. But they, mind, they finally uh, convinced the monkeys to leave the apples alone. But the the so uh, George Silk is going and and, and the uh, and the head of the zoological department, University of Michigan, going up to the forest to 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 uh, study the monkeys. And I go up there. I said, "Man, you don't want to go to that forest." He says, "What do you mean?" I said, "Man, there's a crazy Tibetan mastiff up there. If you go up there, he is going to attack you." Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I'm the zoologist, top zoologist from the University of Michigan. Ta, ta, ta. You know, he went up to the jungle to take pictures. About an hour or two later, I heard, ah, ah, <laughs> out of the forest by this crazy dog. That dog was nuts. So That's insane. You're like, I warned you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he, they, he's kept on a chain all his life. The only time he's let let loose is when he's guarding the the, the yaks up in the hills. Mm-hmm. And the yaks were would uh, leopards would come in and grab a yak. You know, they have mm-hmm. a snow leopard up there, and they have a, a, a clouded leopard. They have four or five different kinds of leopards there. And uh, uh, so, anyway, you know, I had two more dogs left: my own black mastiff, which I loved, and I, I had that crazy dog. So I was going to send them Boston, Philadelphia, and and the crazy dog. And I, what I my plan was to give the crazy dog a Mandrax, just knock his ass out when he gets to Philadelphia. You know, you do whatever you need to do, but just get the hash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that and and that was that. You know, so I sent the two dogs to the airport. And and uh, 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 they got stopped at the airport, and I got a letter from the from His Holiness the Chini Lama, my partner, the, the the Pope of the Buddhist Church. I mean, I was so crazy in those days. I would paint the eyes of the Buddha of the most sacred uh, 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 Bodhna Stupa, the most sacred Buddhist stupa in the world and i would paint the eyes of the stupa and offer saffron and, and prayer flags and monks praying just so that no, no one would see what i was doing oh shit okay that's how crazy i got okay so that so we sent them they might i got a letter from the chini no from the chini said get out of your house go to your restaurant sit there until i tell you all, it's all good and you can go home so i sat in my restaurant all day and uh 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 Finally, I, I got the all clear sign. Got went back to the house. They wanted I had to pay five thousand dollars, which in Nepal in 1960, uh, 1969, mm. no, 1970, 71 was a lot of money, dude. Yeah, I was gonna say the, the ministers were being paid less than a hundred dollars a month in Nepal. That's crazy. You know I mean? That's okay? insane. So I paid the, I paid the customs five thousand. They sent me back to crates. I got the crates back home, and they said, well, if you're going to send these dog crates from there on in, you're going to have to pay money. What happened was there was a kid that was working with me, right, at my factory, and that, that uh, 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 and he saw how I was doing it. So he, on his own, went and built two Lhasa Apso crates, direct copies of my, my boxes, and sent them to the airport. When he sent them to the airport, he had his people at the airport offer a bribe to customs 
and 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 the customs guy said to said to him, "Why are you offering us money? You're sending a dog." Goes, oh no, we had like seven pounds, seven kilos of hash in there. Oh my god! <laughs> and 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 the customs guy looks over to looks over to uh, to, his, to the boss. He goes, "And you you you're telling me that Pietri has been sending those dogs for the last several years, and he never paid us a dime." Hmm. I didn't tell him what I was doing. No shit, right? It's just like, <laughs> they're fucking dogs. Send the fucking dogs. They're rare dogs, dude. They're rare dogs. They're rare dogs. People want these fucking dogs. Send the dog. <laughs> so, so then I decided, I decided, I decided, you know, not to pay Nepali customs. I had a, 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 a connection at the, in the army and I had the, the army deliver my crates and my dogs to my to my to to me in calcutta with my indian friend probaka who was my uh, uh he ran that that part of the operation i basically sat in the hotel room and led my team with probaka leading it uh do the deal we got a couple of hippies to send the dog crates from india use their passport we paid them each 200 bucks and their expenses and uh 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 uh, on the last thing I told the police, I was uh, the, my police friend. I said, "Look, when we get to the border, you know, wake me up. I got to get my piece of uh, my my passport signed so I have a visa out." You know what I mean? And and I woke up. I was on the trunk highway, the trunk road, about fifty kilometers, a hundred kilometers outside of Calcutta. I was freaked out. I'm in Calcutta. I'm in India illegally. I got a Nepalese visa, but I ain't got an Indian visa. So, but that was no problem. I checked into the hotel. Everything was cool. Uh, 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 in those days, I, I, uh, uh, when I sent the dog the first time, I gave him uh, a quaalude, a mandrax. Mm. He ate it, knocked his ass out when he when he gets the, the where he got to go. You know, uh, 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 do what you got to do to get that crazy dog out and just get the hash. Kind of was the thing, right? Uh, I wasn't. <laughs> you know, I, I know there are a lot of people that love love dogs, and I love dogs, so I don't want to say how we, you know, but you know. We would have taken care of it. And, and so anyway, went to Calcutta was the same plan, mm. right? Uh, we had two hippies. One was going to send one dog. One was going to send the other one. One was going to Philadelphia. One was going to, to, to uh, Massachusetts, to Boston. And so I stayed in the hotel. The deal was done. Provaca took the dog to the airport, gave the dog a meatball before he left. We left to uh, uh, that night. We got a train, night train to, to Delhi. We got to Delhi. When I got to Delhi, I had a telegram. You ripped me off. What do you mean I ripped you off? Said, there's no hash in the crate. I said, what do you mean there's no hash in the crate? I packed that crate myself. Yeah. What do you mean there's no hash? So I, I, then I had to go back to Nepal. So I had to go overland. I went overland to the border. When I got to the border, I had to walk. Uh, 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 walk through the jungle through literally poison snake leeches all the jungle the Tarai in Nepal walk across the border make it to my friend's hotel the Samjahana hotel where then I, I knew I was cool I had a, 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 a I got a message over to the Samjahana hotel from one of my people they sent a guide over they guided me over through the jungle across the border to the backside I got to the Samjahana hotel when I got to the Sanjahana Hotel, next day I was in Kathmandu. The next day I got to Kathmandu, a friend of mine was coming from, from uh, London, uh, and and uh, uh, he had just gone there, and, and he brought news, you know. And, and now I know what, what happened to my dog in Philadelphia, right? Uh, the, 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 
lazy dog had eaten, bitten through the uh, the heat. First of all, the the dogs, the flight, the, they didn't make it out on that flight. They didn't make it out to the, on the BOAC flight till the next day. Okay. When they when, when the when the flight when the BOAC flight went the next day, sometime during that flight, that dog woke up. Mm. When that dog woke up, he was pissed off. He ate through that quarter inch uh, plywood. Ate through it and was a lot. It was loose in the cargo hold of the BOAC flight when it came to London. Oh shit! So then, <laughs> when, when it came to London, they had to call the RSPCA to come and tranquilize the dog because they couldn't take the baggage out. No one would go in there. The dog, the dog was insane. Mm. So they, they came in, they tranquilized the dog, they put him in another crate. My crate, they burned. When they burned it, mm. they smelled it. I was gonna say that's whenever <laughs> it fucking. <laughs> and that was that was the end of that scam. And then the next day, the dog from Boston showed up. So in the in the in the article in the in the London Times, it said hashish running dogs. Uh, these dogs have been used for smuggling hashish through here for years. We don't know who these people are, where this, where anything about it. They've just been going through here for since forever. Oh shit! So I, 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 I cried like a baby. That was like a milk run for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And uh, after that, we started doing zoological exchanges. We exchanged uh, uh, four Himalayan pandas for two chimpanzees from the Ringling Brothers of Barnum and Bailey Circus. That's another story because we we sent the four chimps with the first chimps, a, a red, uh, a lesser pandas that went to the Ohio Zoological Society. It was the first pandas that ever came to the states. The chimps we got from the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. And we're so slick. We're so slick in those days. We got the zoological department because they wanted those those lo- those uh, 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 those pandas, those red pandas, so bad. They paid. For the for the for the chimpanzees and pay to have them shipped to the to the Nepali Zoological Society. Oh my God! So so the first pandas no, that ever came, deal. the first yeah. pandas that ever came to the states came in hash crates. Yeah, and they, and, and they were in a, yeah. So then <laughs> that's insane. The, <laughs> that's beautiful. The were trained, and they were they were they were trained. And uh, Ringling Brothers, were, when when chimpanzees get to be 15, 18, 20 years old, they get hard to handle. Hmm. You know, you, when you go to the the, the sea trained chimps, they're young chimps. Mm-hmm. Once they get all these chimps were trained chimps, they did a whole routine. They were addicted to cigarettes. They had been smoking cigarettes their whole life. These chimps, mm. right? So when the Nepalis came That's to crazy. see the chimps, they were like they were they were like, they were like like human beings, and com- <laughs> you know they had never seen a, a chimp like that. They saw that the Nepalis were smoking cigarettes. They begged, the chimps begged for the cigarette. The Nepalis gave a cigarette. They started smoking. When they started smoking, the Nepalis started smoking, giving them cigarettes. They started doing their, their circus routine so they get more cigarettes. That's insane. That's awesome. <laughs> Just a bunch they of monkeys a, smoking doing circus article in shit. the Rising Nepal every day of the chimps' new antics, what they would do today, what they, you know, what they had, a, they had, there were trained chimps from Brigley Brothers. So it was a, they named the the chimps Kancha Ikanchi, which is typical Nepali names. Okay. 
So, uh, uh, you know, that's that's basically, you know, uh, uh, what I've been in the in the uh, uh, in the game for a long, long time. The 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 drug war was a Ponzi scheme. Uh, it was a Ponzi scheme by the educated ruling class of people that went to Yale and Harvard when they couldn't mm. when they couldn't have patent medicines anymore because their patents ran out. They made it illegal. In mm. 19, for, prior to 1940, if you had a prescription, and before uh, 1910, you didn't even need a prescription, you could go to a pharmacy and buy loose butt. You could go to a pharmacy and buy hash. You could go to the pharmacy and buy all different kinds of tinctures. The, 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 uh, 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 they had to control it. They didn't want you to have the best medicine that God or the Mother Nature ever created. Mm-hmm. Right? And so they made it illegal. Until they, they, the science caught up to it. Yeah. What the the whole pharmaceutical industry is based on folk medicine. They, 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 they I have books. I'll show you that 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 have all uh, just the the medicinal medical plants that were being grown in Asia in Asia and South Africa that were exported to England and for the pharmaceutical companies back in 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 the U.S. Uh, prior to 1940 and prior to uh, 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 when cannabis was still legal, you could buy it in the pharmacy, uh, 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 say Eli Lilly. Eli Lilly and Parker Davis, they, they grew and Parker Davis made tinctures. Parker Davis is Pfizer today. Lilly is still Lilly. Uh, most of the big, big pharmaceutical companies today made their money uh, 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 in the cannabis and opium industry of business. They made from natural business. Cannabis, uh, uh, cannabis tinctures is one of the best medicines of all time, most mm-hmm. popular of all time. So, the the in 1910, a pound of weed costs a pound a hundred a dollar ten to a dollar forty a pound to a pharmacy. It never got to be more than ten bucks until World War Two. It was always it went up dollar forty, dollar eighty, dollar ten. So a, a pharmacy would buy a pound for a dollar ten a pound, and then he would they would sell you know a quarter ounce, an ounce, whatever. In those days, if, if a pound was a, a dollar, an ounce was a dollar. Yeah, <laughs> ounces for a dollar, and so ten to sixteen times your money. Yeah, exactly. That's a hell of a profit margin for sure. Hell of a profit. And when I showed the uh, the 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 in, in Oregon, I got political, and I they tried to make uh, tinctures illegal. And I did a PowerPoint presentation, and I showed all the literature, all the pictures of the of the of the. It would look like a brewery. The factories that the uh, Parker Davis Pfizer had on the Detroit River, where they were making uh, uh, cannabis tincture. It was such a huge industry. I showed them how much they were exporting. Hundreds of tons from India and Africa, and make, making it into medicine here during nineteen and during World War One, when uh, there was a scare that the industry would not, with the supplies of cannabis and, me, and their natural medicines, would be shut down by U-boats. Right? That what they did is they they brought seeds from Asia and they started growing them in America, and all of a sudden you started seeing cannabis sativa americana. Oh, okay. Lee, uh, 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 Parker Davis grew in, in, in Kentucky and that area, and, and Lily grew in Mexico. Mm. And who is Parker Davis? Pfizer. 
Oh, Pfizer. Okay, okay. The Pfizer today. Okay, gotcha. They were Parker Davis in those days. Gotcha. Okay, okay. And so the industry was huge. When I showed the senators, the 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 senators in in Oregon, that that uh, uh, how big the industry was then, and how big it's going to be in the future, right? Uh, I killed the state police who were trying to make uh, uh, extracts illegal because in those days people were blowing themselves up with bumblebee extractors that they were buying in Canada and butane. And you can read about it. Somebody blew themselves up in a hotel room and burned themselves. They were were trying to look down on that. But, uh, you know, I I beat them. I beat the argument. And then I told the state police, I said, I I told uh, Senator Morissette, I said, Senator Morrison, what's the difference between a heroin addict and the state police? And they weren't ready for that. And I said, well, the heroin addict, he's addicted to heroin. The state police, they're addicted to drug war dollars. Bam, they got, they, 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 they put me on the shit list, needless to say. <laughs> but uh, they lost the argument. They, they stormed out of the room. And of course, uh, oil uh, is one of the biggest manufacturers in Oregon. And California, you know, we couldn't afford to lose a case in those days, you know. Mm-hmm. And then today, I didn't make a penny off that deal. I mean, I mean, I, I, I stood up for because I'm a hash maker. I, I stood up for myself basically, but I protected the industry, you know. And and uh, 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 now I'm leading into what we're going to talk about. The 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 uh, the industry has been created by. Fraud, lies, deceptions, and control of the cannabis media and cannabis information. Okay. Uh, that's happened, you know, because people ask me all the time, they say, Joe, how come you're not selling your tie? How come you don't have the hash? I don't know. You know, we want the old stuff. Of course you want the old stuff. It was better. But the thing about it is, uh, 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 why? Why? What happened to us? Well, you know, because we had our own Air Force. We had our own navies. We had our distribution system, and we went to high school with people that we sold pot with. We, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We, yeah. we, we, we went back to high school, so the 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 the, the police can can infiltrate us. Mm. You could bust us and give us some time, but no one talked. So uh, uh, Reagan, Ronald Reagan, for the first time, uh, uh, let the police get high as a way to infiltrate the marijuana syndicates. Mm. So if if, a, if, if a, some guy showed up with a thousand pounds and it was dynamite at your house and you bought it from him, you sort of trusted that guy mm-hmm. because they even smoked joints with you. Yeah. In Bangkok, in Bangkok, they had DEA agents that were shooting heroin at, uh, as a way to infiltrate heroin syndicates. Mm. You know what I mean, I mean, they let the police get high and and then that they then they busted everybody and then they would bust the top people. And then they would have the top people say, they tell them, hey, if you don't tell us everybody in your organization, you're never going to see your family again. And boom, 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 boom. They just broke down. They broke. They busted downward. Yeah. They busted everybody with houses, cars. It was a, a, a basically asset seizure. Do you think that the uh, the enforcement of the RICO Act played a really big part of that? Like that's kind of what the they RICO used? Act, the RICO Act uh, uh, affected – Everything, because uh, especially the, those syndicates, because you, they, you had more than a, one person or more than yeah. two people. Uh, you know, a uh, 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 conspiracy in those days was this. Say, I, I, oh, I know Joe Speedball, and, and he has a connection in Guadalajara. Oh, and I know 
you know, Phil the trucker, he has a trucking agency. So, you know, I've, I arranged to have a meeting with the trucker and Joe Speedball. So, and, and we never do a deal, ever. We talk about doing a deal, mm. right? Joe the trucker, or, or, or Phil, Paul the trucker gets busted. When they busted, they read him the riot act, or they busted him dirty. He tell they tell him, "You tell us everybody who ever did anything with or talked about anybody in this drug business with." Boom! He turns around, and even though you've never done a deal with him, and you're, I've never done a deal with him, we could get five years for conspiracy to think about doing a deal. Yeah, exactly, and that's what, that's what a lot so, of people don't understand about those statutes. It's like those they they can take you down just for having a fucking conversation with someone. Oh yes, and the, with the Rico thing, the Rico killed the mafia. Oh yeah, most definitely. I mean, that was definitely the the stake in the heart they of the mafia. Killed the mafia. The, 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 you are in New York. It's not the same New York anymore. Oh, I could imagine. So I can't even imagine <laughs> what it would be like back in those days for sure. Oh yeah. And so you know, so the the that's what they did. They they shut everybody down. Mm-hmm. They they shut the tie. You never saw size six again. You never saw Colombian again. You never saw any of that. And they shut they shut the Caribbean down with radar balloons. Mm. You know what I mean? And I mean it was just like the Navy, the Army, everybody that the 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 Coast Guard. You know, everybody was on the ocean. They stopped those boats. Remember that in the in the in the. Uh, in the 60s, there was a famous boat that was called the Night Train. And it would leave the Guadalajara, uh, 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 no, the, the, Guari, the Guavira, Guavira in, the, in Colombia, and then just go up and down the coast in international water. And then if you had the, the, the longitude and the latitude, you knew where that boat was going to be, bam, you'd go and meet the boat in the middle of the ocean and load up. And those boats used to go up and down international waters, loading people up in every wherever you knew it. You know, wherever you knew them, they finally shut that that boat down. But you know, it got to be, you know, uh, 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 you know, it, you know, uh, there was a time where there was so much Colombian marijuana in the United States, you couldn't give it away. Mm. It's like now. You can't give it away. There's so much weed in America, and the price is down to 500 now. But, you know, the so uh, 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 the RICO devastated the, the, the organized crime. Mm. So do you, you know, think- I mean, you know, I had a, a group. We had 36 cars, 36 drivers, warehouses in Denver, which is, I'm leading into the subject, and warehouses in California, warehouses in New York. And we were in the middle. We are getting it from both coasts. Mm. You know what I mean? So... Uh, uh, would lead into your subject now. You know, and, <laughs> the you know, I used to live in Colorado, and I, I was a very powerful figure in those days, and I did a lot. You know, I used to get ten, fifteen thousand pounds at a time, and and uh, then I was doing my hash. I was doing a lot of stuff then, and I had a, a farm, a, a dairy farm, where I would uh, that was my warehouse, and basically, uh, 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 you know, I was selling. Really, really top of the line. I mean, I haven't seen anything as close to the Hawaiian or as close as the good Buddha weed that we had. You, you got to remember one thing: the weed of today and the weed of yesteryear are two different ball games. I call it smart weed, dumb weed. The weed that they grow nowadays stupefies you. Mm. You hardly can even write your own name. <laughs> it, 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 your muscle control. I mean, it's just super THC 
but none of the cannabinoids, none of the flavonoids, mm-hmm. none of the, the real marijuana is in there. THC so has the, become the, a really... The kids, the kids are smoking, the kids are smoking dumb weed. And, and, and now they have a thing called, uh, 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 what is it, uh, dabs? Mm-hmm. Dabs? <laughs> they're doing these dabs where they're, they're, where they're getting stupid on dabs. The thing that smoke those people who smoke dabs and use BHO, butane extracts, they don't realize one thing. They're getting addicted to butane because you 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 can never take a hundred percent out, and then when you the, the minute amount that's left in there has been amplified. It's a super pure product. Mm-hmm. So if you get someone who's been dabbing for five years and tell them to stop, they go through withdrawals. Interesting. I didn't know about that. Yeah, because I know that dabbing like definitely becomes like a step whenever your tolerance just gets like through the roof. And then it's like the flower, you know, just kind of doesn't really do much anymore. Because I have lots of friends that I don't dab myself. I'm still a flower guy. I still like to just roll them up. You I'm know? a flower guy. Yeah, yeah. See, I just like I like to roll it up. I'm still just, one of uh, Just look it up. A butane, uh, uh, you know, uh, a butane causes cancer. Mm-hmm. The article that I wrote or that, you know. You know, uh, butane is addicting. It's like gasoline in the 50s. People used to sniff gasoline. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And that totally makes sense, too, because, I mean, I can see how you, like, know, though you can't really take it all out. They've taken a natural product made from Mother Nature. My God is Mother Nature. Mm-hmm. And they and, and it made from Mother Nature. And then they use a petrochemical to, to, to process it into a pure form. Mm, yeah, when you bust it down yeah, that way. <laughs> I, I had one kid, they called him from the professor and he said oh, he turned me on to the first time I had BHO and it tasted like butane I said man they call you the professor for what <laughs> I said this is garbage I said wait wait till you see how I make what I make so I make some ash that you can dab yeah and so it completely melts and it's totally pure it's like you know and you hit it and he says he says man that's the highest I've been on THC in my life hmm <laughs> that's uh, that's crazy. Everybody here was taught wrong. They're being taught because the the again Dutch marketing fraud. The Dutch want to make cannabis into tulips. You know you can't buy tulips unless they come from Holland. They've had two wars over tulips oh. in the fifties. So they want to control that genome, and they that's what they've been doing. They you know, they haven't figured out that nobody wants to go to Jamaica to smoke. Dutch treat. People want to go to Jamaica, smoke fucking Jamaican. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. And people go to Colombia, they want Punta Roja. Yeah, know? yeah, most so, definitely. I mean, so all that knowledge has been left. I'll ask the kid, I said, well, what is sensimia? He said, oh, that's seedless marijuana. I said, okay, it's seedless marijuana. But what makes it so special? Well, because it's seedless. No, it's not. It's seedless because... You've, what you do when you have the male and the female and you separate the males out and you have a pure female female, they will pre- go into overdrive to produce resin in the hopes and anticipation that it's going to get pow- pollinated. It's never going to get. Mm, okay. So That's once you... what a medical quality plant is. You cannot get that from a feminized seed. Mm. A feminized seed never seeds a female. So they're sexually confused. I was going to say, so um, so how exactly does a plant like, uh, how is a plant like hermaphrodite and then end up changing, end up changing genomes like while it's growing? Does that happen when they're around a male plant as well? Like if you don't separate them in time? 
No, if you're not if you're not a grower, obviously. No, I'm not. The the, <laughs> the, the, the when you when you separate a you have real natural seeds. You put the seeds out. Some are male, some are female. You separate the males. You kill them. Send them away. Those females will grow up without a male. So they'll go into overdrive producing resin in the hopes of getting pollinated. They're never going to get. Mm-hmm. A feminized seed never sees a male. So mm-hmm. it doesn't have the sensimia effect. It doesn't go into overdrive. Gotcha. Okay. And at any point, at any point it can be, it can hermaphrodite on you. Mm-hmm. I had one guy in Oregon, he grows huge plants, you know, 10 to 15 pounders. And he, and he had a thousand patients. I mean, he had lots of patients. You know, if you have a, in Oregon, if you, if you had a hundred patients, you could grow 600 plants. Six hundred plants, and they're and they're ten pounders. That's ten. That's six thousand pounds, and you only have to be responsible for like two pounds and the license licensing fees to the to the patient. So people were making a killing in those days. The 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 so the guy some of these young punks that think that they know everything because they read High Times and they're on the internet and they read everything on the internet, which is all bullshit. The, the, the <laughs> The, the the they say well man you should oh you're growing such huge plants well you can still grow my plants you can just grow these 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 uh, these uh, auto flowers next to all your other plants and you'll get another harvest well the guy did that and they femini- they hermaphrodited and he all they all his plants came out in seed oh shit that guy doesn't come to Oregon anymore oh yeah I bet. <laughs> Yeah, and that's just, you know they 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 they, uh, they 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 basically control the media and 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 everything that's written about cannabis. You know, uh, well, well, I'll go into this first. So anyway, back in the day, I was a main, I was a player, and so I controlled a lot, a lot of things, and I. I, I was, you know, selling Jamaican, I was selling Colombian, I was selling Thai, I was selling Hawaiian, I was selling all different kinds of ash. And we would collect the seeds of any seeds that we had left over, any any seed that came in, came out of any of the weed, we, we put in number 10 cans. And every year, we would take those cans to friends of ours in Hayes, Kansas. And, and they had, uh, uh, Hayes has a, a university, a college there, and a good baseball team. So a lot of people came from there and uh, went to school there. Uh, 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 the kids of, that were farmers there went to school there. And they would, they would bring the, we'd give them the seeds and on their father's farm. They would plant the seeds in between the corn crops. Mm. So there was never any control. They left them in. The, they planted the plants, and then they would go and and cut them just before the 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 corn was was harvested. Okay. Right. So when when the when when it, so it was always seeded. Mm. So uh, 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 I I would get the weed, and I couldn't sell it, man, because it was seeded. Yeah. But the shit smelled like turpentine. The shit, mm. the shit smelled like diesel fuel. Some of it smelled like cat piss. Some of it smelled like dog shit. Some of it had all these different flavors, uh, smells. And, you you know, uh, sometimes people would pack their, their weed when they were crossing the border and they'd pack it in their gas tanks. And so that they would, and those days the packing wasn't that good. Yeah. And so the, 
the, the fumes would permeate, perma- would get into the in, into the weed, and the weed would smell like gasoline. Yeah, and I, I, I heard that um, that was really common amongst like bikers back in the day that they would hide the weed in the little gas tanks and then connect it to the cap. So when they pulled yeah. it out, it would just have like a string of weed that was like like almost like intestined in there. It was grueling. Yeah. And so anyway, the the the. The I I sold that. I said, man, I can't sell that to anybody. I was selling I was selling some Hawaiian weed for sixty four hundred dollars a pound wholesale. Yeah, exactly. You're like, I can't touch this shit. I'm not I'm just like, what the fuck you want me to <laughs> I do? Did. I ended up taking about thirty pounds of it to California, and I had a friend of mine uh, that I knew from Northern California, but he lives in San Francisco, who bought it all up, and I was so shocked because. Uh, 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 I got twenty two hundred a pound. I said I would have never paid twenty two hundred a pound for that stanky no shit, right? Bullshit, <laughs> bullshit. I was getting fucking Mexican Tanzania off the fucking hook, Thai off the hook, Hawaiian, unbelievable hash. I mean, and no one would want it, but these guys bought it, and they started growing from those seeds. They started growing that in Colorado, and. Uh, I, I used to live up in Crested Butte, and I had an office and a, a, a warehouse in Denver. But I lived up in the mountains, and in the mountains, uh, 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 some of the people would start growing some of that stuff, and it, it started being sold in the bars in Crested Butte. And when it's sold in the bars in Crested Butte, that's where this guy Chem Dog goes. It gets into the picture because oh. in his first article, in his first article, when he talks about Chem Dog. He talks about buying, finding us, uh, uh, finding the chem dog from bag seed from Crested Butte. Mm. The only bag seed from Crested Butte was that uh, uh, the stuff that we were growing up in Kansas. You know that by that point was getting more and more, and more and less seeded because people were taking care of it more. In fact, in those days, a lot of it was being sold at the dead shows. The dead shows is where a lot of these kids today and people in their 30s and 40s first got their pot. I got my pot from Spanish Harlem in the, <laughs> in the 60s. You know what I mean? I, 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 or, or we bought a bag of, of, of uh, uh, La Juvia or uh, 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 the Blonde, the Blonde or the uh, 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 some of the strains that we used to Chiba Chiba that uh, 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 one joint you'd get one sort of a fat joint out of a, out of a nickel bag or three thin joints out of a nickel bag and it was enough for like two dozen people to get high with <laughs> one hit gone oh shit that's crazy <laughs> super succeeded I've got that stuff now so the 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 uh, it was impossible for me to sell but he when he said yeah I first got got I came on I came on to this strain. Uh, from a bag seed that I of a bag that I bought in Crested Butte. Okay, you bought a bag from one of my dealers in Crested Butte, and now you're a chem dog. Yeah. So, so that yeah, so the, those seeds came from that era, mm-hmm. from that from that that whole thing. They weren't the, the first ones to get it. The first ones to get it were Brotherhood people. Uh, Ilo, the one that you talked to, that said that you needed to talk to me. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Shout out to Ilo. I love Ilo. <laughs> Ilo's a Ilo's a real deal guy. He he grew up in the brother on a brotherhood uh, 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 commune. 
The Brotherhood mm-hmm. had communes all all up and down the coast, and, and they said, well, "Well, you know, why do we have to buy wheat from Mexico? We can grow it just as good right here. It's all right here." Yeah, most definitely. Shit, you know, and they had some great shit. Blueberry, the strain blueberry uh, 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 that I guess DJ Short takes credit for that, but we already confronted him at a show with the guy who originated the blueberry. He died, but his wife is still alive. I mean, I lo- I saw the blueberry in the 70s. Mm. You know what I mean? So in 85, uh, the Dutch came over and sort of took over the scene. You know, uh, Ed Rosenthal, he sold everybody out, everything out, uh, the whole uh, pot scene, hippie scene, he sold to the Dutch, and the Dutch scene evolved. Now it's dead. Thank goodness. Because uh, and they, uh, they hate me, the Dutch, because I've exposed them. You know, the Dutch... Uh, uh, invited me to their uh, cannabis castle, the whole thing. All I would have had to do was keep my mouth shut. Mm. And I, I, I got uh, tested by this guy Lawrence Shearnock, who's a, a real phony. He worked for he worked for High Times as an uh, 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 for High Times. I don't know what what his job was there, but writing or whatever. But he he got. Uh, his hands on the library from high times. And in those days, in, in the 60s and 70s, everybody was on the run. <laughs> <laughs> I've, been on, I've been on the run twice. You know, and so, you know, people would send pictures to high times of their, the shit that they were producing in Nepal and the shit they were producing in Kashmir or Afghani shit. And all those pictures would come in and you'd see them. They'd be centerfolds, but they, they wouldn't be attributed to anybody. Mm-hmm. Oh, Okay. So he got those pictures and started attributing it to, guess who? Himself. He'd never even been to Afghanistan. Oh, fuck. <laughs> He'd never even been to Nepal. Those pictures were from Victoria, my ex-wife. My, she's not my ex-wife. She's my dead wife. I, I like to call her the easiest divorce I've ever had because <laughs> that was. <laughs> I guess that's a bright side. a really, really great person. She was married to my best friend, my best hash connection in Asia, uh, uh, Afghan Ted. Afghan Ted was adopted by the Farsi tribe. You know, I created Rosin because of a story I told in High Times, the saga of, of Afghan Ted. Because the Kuchis would would get their their resin and they uh, they'd uh, sew it up into uh, dried goat skins and they buried it in the hottest part of the desert understand when they come and got it the next year it had carbon decarbolized so when you got it out of those bags you could roller pin put it on a roller pin and you could it was translucent that was naturally made uh, you know it was made by them naturally that stuff was so strong it never left asia mm. it got it got smoked in asia and so the the Gucci's would go from afghanistan to India, to Jodhpur for the Camel festivals. They had a, a festival every year that all the tribes would go. It was a colorful festival, and uh, 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 that's when we would get the hash from the from the from the Kuchis when they came off the, over the desert. I'll tell you a funny story about that. I met a guy who was uh, writing. A, he was going to write a book about some of my tales. And we and and so we became friendly. And he had been in Afghanistan for a year and a half. And he said, he said, you know, I was in Afghanistan for a year and a half. I lived with the Kuchi tribe. I said, oh, you must have known Ted. Oh, yeah, I know Ted. And, 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 and uh, 
he says, you know, you now he's a he he did the Karate Kid. He was the 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 producer for the Karate Kid movie. Oh wow, I love the. Karate this guy's kid. a big. The name is Robert Kamen. He's a big big guy in okay. Hollywood. Okay. Okay. You know, and so uh, uh, he was living in Crested Butte, and we got to friendly, and I had some really unbelievable Afghan style. Nepal, Afghan uh, uh, bat pressed Afghan style Nepali hash, mm. right? And and I was getting five hundred dollars for ten grams for a ten gram patty, fifty <laughs> bucks a gram. Forty years ago, that's crazy. Like, that shit was <laughs> Jesus. Okay. And so and 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 so uh, 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 he said, you know, uh, you know, years later when I had, when I made when I became successful and stuff, I had my I, I wrote uh, to, to get anything that the government might have on me on, under the Freedom of, Inf- of Information Act, mm. right? Okay. So he, he applied for the Freedom of Information Act, and when the, the Information Act came back, he found out that the people who paid to, to, to do the study that he did on the Coochie tribe, right, was the CIA. They, they, <laughs> they, had, they had paid him to travel with the CIA tribe from Afghanistan through the Himalayas to India to find out how they did it. Oh my God, that's fucking crazy! Crazy shit. Right? <laughs> that's insane. Crazy shit. So the the so this guy Kem Dog, I, I I've had this problem, you know, uh, because you have these kids at thirty years old, they want to be God's gift of marijuana, and and, and, and you know and, and you know I have a a, a resume. That you very not very many people can touch, and so yeah. the, the the when they come on to me, uh, I have been called the DEA, CIA by the CIA and DEA. <laughs> the, the, I exposed that in Holland, the DEA was running a a uh, a seed bank in Holland, and they had a they had a guy. He said he called himself the Skunk Man, mm. right. And he opened up. Uh, 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 he was supposed to be on the run from a drug bust in in in, in Santa Cruz, a grow bust in Santa Cruz. We've had all that checked out. He's never been arrested in California. It's all it was all a man. That was his undercover, and he went through high times when when uh, 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 Stephen, uh, I forget the guy that it was a, uh, I forget the guy's name now. He was an editor at High Times, and he created the cannabis cup from ideas that these guys gave him. And the, they, he sort of like sheep dipped them into the scene in 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 in, uh, uh, in Amsterdam. Mm. This guy's supposed to be wanted for a drug bust, uh, pot grow in, in California. Yet he was the most he was the most highly recommended for a medical license before accredited universities and PhDs. That's crazy. I don't know. I thought you were wanted, bro. Yeah, no shit, right. What the fuck? I guess he's wanted in more ways than one. (laughs) Last year, Grow Magazine came out, and Robert Connolly Clark came out and said, "You know, let's just let's just get 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 over this. Get let's just get by this." So the first thing, because they were talking about seeds, seeds, and the origins of different strains and all this stuff. Because he's a foremost guy. He wrote a book, Marijuana Botany. There ain't no fucking marijuana botany. There's just botany. No shit, shit. right? (laughs) They think everybody's stupid. Oh, yeah, most definitely. They think that everybody's stupid. So he came out and said, yes, it's true that scientists worked along with drug enforcement so that we can qualify where those loads were coming from. 
You mean you were a DEA scientist fucking tracking fucking loads and putting people in fucking jail, motherfucker? Yeah, exactly. You're a rat in the lab coat. What the fuck are you talking about? But they finally (laughs) admitted it after years of them calling me the police when they're the police. And I went to a a show in, in the 19th Cup in Amsterdam and uh, the skunk man came up to me because I blew his cover he, he came up to me and says you know you blew my cover and I said to him I said don't you know that I know what the police look like right <laughs> <laughs> he said he said he said to me what, what's to prevent me from coming over the table and grabbing you I said the six foot eight Canadian guy that once he grabs you I'm stabbing you yeah, right. Because <laughs> I could only do like a few years in a, for stabbing you in Amsterdam, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in Amsterdam, you stab somebody, you get two months, six months. Don't do it again. That's crazy. You know, I mean, in Amsterdam, uh, 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 are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, I lost this. What did I, how did I lose this? How did I lose you? Anyway, we're talking. Anyway, so in Amsterdam, you know, you got caught with a suitcase full of hash. You got like th- six months. They let you out in three months. And you got to smoke hash and drink beer in jail. Mm, that's insane. Uh, so, you know, uh, so I, I, and believe me, and finally, after years and years of years of getting abused, of being called, of being this, of being that, uh, 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 they finally came out of the closet and admitted who they really were. You know what I mean? That's crazy. So, that freaking you know, it's it's uh, 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 it's how it is. So it happens all the time uh, to me and to other people. You know, you have this guy trying to take credit for something, chem dog. You know, uh, 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 of the chem stream, which he 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 says that he got he he named and and he got his hands on it in two thousand. <laughs> you know, we've ILO and we've been selling that since the eighties. Yeah, I was seventies. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I don't know what this guy's coming from. I mean, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, so you have all these people, you know, trying to make names for themselves, and uh, basically nobody knows what they're doing. They have the, they have what leafly, mm-hmm. leafly, what you can, you check out your strengths. Ninety percent of that's bullshit. I mean, uh, if you want to trace back strains, you'd have to have them DNA sequenced. Yeah, I have exactly. my DNA sequence to, to, so I know where my stuff comes from. You know, you, you, you get these strains that these kids have, and basically what they're growing is the same shit, different mix, different name, all berry flavored. Mm. And they're all tight nugs, uh, 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 bikini trimmed, and some of them are growing it with, 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 uh, Nutrients that are heavy metal, so when you drop a butt on the table, it sounds like a rock. Yeah. Some of them, like the, the, you have big problems nowadays with the Asian growers because they don't smoke. They only want to make sure that you buy, so they give you a, 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 a bud that smells good and looks tight. It's tight bud, but it's cancerous. Oh, <laughs> shit, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They, 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 they add this nutrient that make the buds tighter. That's used for ornamental seeds, uh, uh, plants only, but they're using it for plants that are consumed. Mm. So, right, so right nowadays, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, the weed market is forgot. I mean, you you know, uh, 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 you had the Asians dump their weed at five hundred bucks and less a pound because if they can't sell it, they'll give it to you for a hundred. Mm. You know what I mean? So, I mean, the market is all messed up. 
But basically, uh, 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 you, you you know you got to grow your own. Yeah, most definitely. You want to be? I grow my own. I I have my own nutrients that I use. Everything everything I do is natural. You know. But you have these guys. I had another guy. He, he bought some seeds at uh, 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 for me as uh, 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 Durban Poison, uh, 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 Durban OG, which is my Durban Poison and my OG Kush. Mm. It tastes like licorice. Those are literally my two favorite strains, by the way. But he he calls it he calls it thin mints. Oh, okay. But he's used that thin mints thin mints. He used that strain to make a bunch of other stuff. At least he said he 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 told the truth about it being my my uh, my Durban OG. Hmm. So you know, you're technically the creator of thin mints, then. The creator, I am the creator of it. <laughs> yeah, I was kidding. <laughs> well, I'm glad we can finally give credit I'm where credit's due. Girl Scout cookies is used. Is, it was made with my Durban poison. Yeah, and I have the, the the rarest Durban poison in the world. Nice, that's awesome. You know? And and so you know, you know they, they 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 want to take credit for it. You know, and uh, yeah, so uh, and I get robbed all the time. I had somebody rob me the other day. Call one of my strains, lemon pepper. That's my that's my my hot chili pepper, <laughs> my German, my 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 black Colombian OG. My I have an OG line that I that I uh, San Fernando Valley that I bred to a lemon joy, and then I bred it forward and I bred it back to the original uh, 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 San Fernando Valley. Then I bred it forward again and bred it back, bred it forward again and bred it back to the original, bred it forward. Uh, again and bring it back to the original eight times after the eighth time it becomes a, a stable strain land race but it, it's a beautiful san fernando valley plant but it has a lemon flavoring mm, okay so that's where they got the lemon pepper oh okay. that's what they do to me that's so fucked well i'm glad i got you on the podcast to tell your story yeah. and get this information out man because it's definitely necessary the, the, the people here are, 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 are smoking stupid weed. We had weed that created great music, great art. I mean, uh, uh, the 60s generation. I mean, uh, look how much it's influenced everybody today wants to be hippies. Everybody today wants to be Rasta. You know, I mean, it's it's funny for me to see some white kid, you know, with, with dreadlocks and think that he's Rastafari. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. <laughs> Does he even know what Rastafari is? Yeah, no shit. I, I talk to these kids, and I, I've lost the planes for being too heavy on fucking Jamaica. Had to, had to, had to have a bulldozer make, dig a hole and bury a plane, and then get another plane to come in and get my love. Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, you know. So when they when they come against me, uh, uh, they really they, because they're trying to be so great. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So when somebody who comes in who obviously knows what he's talking about. Uh, uh, you know they hate me. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of. I mean, the, the Dutch, the Dutch have threatened me twice. I've I've cost the Dutch marketing fraud uh, 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 billions of dollars because they left photo periodic control out of the grow books. So the, you, when you grow the Dutch way, when you grow how these people are growing nowadays, the only one that's going to be guaranteed to make money is, a, is, is a, the lighting company, the nutrient company, the, 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 the uh, people who sell you the electricity, 
you know, they're, they're teaching, teaching you how to grow cannabis on a long day schedule. By the way, cannabis is a short day, long night flowering plant. So it goes back to the things, you know, uh, 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 about sensimia. They don't. T- nobody knows what sensimia is really. Sensimia is how you want to grow your plant, and you want a real female. So the the Dutch have retarded everybody. I had one guy uh, uh, from New- from uh, uh, Oregon. Uh, he has a huge. He had the biggest grow in Oregon, indoor grow. And my buddy Chris uh, uh, from. Uh, 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 from the Otis Collective, uh, uh, you know, uh, I lost myself a second. Uh, you were talking about your buddy Chris from the uh, from the, from the yeah, yeah from the Otis Collective. Well, anyway, the 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 the, the weed today is is really bad. It's garbage. Most of it's garbage. You go into a dispensary, you know, you're, uh, you have to know which dispensary to go to. Like, uh, 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 you know, there's here in, here in Oklahoma, there's maybe a half a dozen that sell good stuff. I mean, everybody's just selling whatever they grow. But then, then, then oh, okay, photo period is. And the photo period, period periodic control as a group. In 1920, two American scientists. In the 19th century, the Dutch realize in their glass houses that if they left a, a gas lantern in the in the greenhouse at night and you kept the greenhouse warm that the plants stayed in veg so you, they could grow their plants in the wintertime as well hmm. right so the the American scientists uh, in 1920 discovered that someday some plants are long day short night which are your springtime flowers. Opium grows in the spring. Rice, tomatoes, everything, uh, uh, cannabis grows on a long, on a short day, long night. Opposite of how opium grows. Opium grows on a long day, short night. Cannabis grows on a, a short day, long night flowering. And there's another type of plants that, uh, that are uh, day neutral. They will flower whenever they feel they please, whatever they want. They, they have everybody here on long day schedules. Cannabis is a, is a short day, long night flowering plant. Only when making money is the power company. So when I, when I, I, I created a paradigm which is called 12 and 1, the 12 and 1 paradigm is 12 hours on, five and a half off, one hour on, five and a half off. The one hour on in the middle of the dark period does not allow the phytochrome, the PFR level, to diminish enough for it to induce flowering. So the plants stay in veg. So at the same time, I've tricked the plant into having two nights rest so it grows bigger, faster. Why do your plants stretch stretch? Your plants stretch because you've created a light junkie. When you put it on 12 and 12, it stretches for a light fix. And 12 and 12, I'll ask these kids today, I'll say, oh, how much plant, how much uh, 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 a light does, can your plant take for photosynthesis before its tanks are full? And what happens, how does the plant react to it when its tanks are full? Well, no plant in Mother Nature gets more than uh, uh, eight, doesn't even, a little bit under eight hours of direct sunlight. When you know when it rises and then it sets, 
it all adds up to a minimum of less than eight hours of light that it gets for photosynthesis. Right. So I, I asked him, well, how much plant, how much light does your plant uh, get for photosynthesis before its tanks are full? Well, they don't un- understand that. They've never, they've never been taught that. Then I'll say to them, well, what happens when the plant's tanks are full? When the plant's tanks are full after eight hours, whether in Mother Nature or in, in, under a, in direct light in, 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 a, in a sealed room, the plants go into photoperiodic uh, uh, photoperiodic protection and shuts off the CO2 intake. But meanwhile, if you read the grow books, they're telling you to keep your lights on for 12 hours and keep giving it CO2, even though your plant is shut down to receive those. Do you get that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, everybody's wasting like four hours of electricity. Yeah. And then your rooms are hotter. So you have to water them every day. You know, uh, you know, when you, when you use a 12 and one light schedule, instead of them growing up, they grow out. So they grow, you get more, more bud sites, more buds, more, but more plant. You get your, your grow period. Say if your grow period was eight weeks, now it's six weeks. And you've cut down 40%, 50% of your electric consumption. And then you go into eight hours on, 16 off in flower. And so at the, at the end of your grow, you've, you've gained two weeks. You've done less work. Your rooms are cooler. Your power bill and your electric bill and your, and your production bill is 70%, 60% less. And you have 30% more production. Right, and I've kept plants on a twelve and one. I've kept plants in veg using thirteen hours of electricity. Uh, uh, I've used it. I've done it with seven hours of electricity, and I've done it with four hours of electricity. And I've kept plants in veg using a fifteen watt strobe light. I wrote an article in Scum Magazine. It said less light, more weight. <laughs> and when when I wrote that article, the Dutch marketing fraud contacted uh, 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 the people from Skunk Magazine and said to them, if you ever print a Pietri article again in this magazine, we'll cut off all Dutch all Dutch marketing advertisement to your magazine, which is 60% of their magazine. Another magazine got paid $380,000 in revenue. And, 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 and what happened is that by this one guy that I know, he had a Toronto uh, uh, Cannabis Expo, the first one in Toronto, and he overspent like $380,000. He was like three hundred and eighty in the hole. He went to the Dutch and said, if you don't get me out of this hole, I will turn this article over to you and I will, I will publish this article. The article was this. High Times Cannabis Cup Operation Green Merchant. Right? They didn't want that article to come. I, I printed it anyway in one of my books. They didn't want that article to come out because it would expose the fraud. I could have had my book in every language. I could have had endorsement deals. I, all I would have had to do was sign an agreement that I would never talk tell talk about what I'm talking about to you today. Mm. This is American scene. It's pot. You know what I mean? It's our scene. It's not no Dutch scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, not no Dutch scene. You know what I mean? If anybody has helped kill the Dutch off 
and you can't kill them off because they're they have their fingers and everything when it comes to cannabis but they're not going to be able to control it my book the 15 ounce pound was used as another example of not paying homage to your guru to your teacher the guru means teacher by the way the 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 uh uh I wrote a book, The 15 Ounce Pound. In the book, it said, why would anybody enforce an American patent on cannabis? Cannabis has been in the pharmacopoeia uh, 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 for 6,000 years in the Mahabharata, one of the most important books in Hinduism. It's public domain. The, 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 the Chinese have been using cannabis as medicines for different, uh, different ailments for 6,000 years. Why would they even acknowledge an American patent? Hmm. So because of my book, they, they, the, 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 they, they passed medical marijuana. They passed, now you can grow your own pot and you, you can grow your own medicine in Thailand using my, my book as a reference. The guy, uh, uh, Don Land from the THC Corporation in Bangkok, he, he said, "Oh, Joe, man, you 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 just wrote, wrote the most important book on cannabis ever written." He said, "We're gonna make you. We're gonna give you an honorary degree. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna uh, 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 put you on the board. We're gonna give you a job out here. Teach people how to grow." Blah, 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 blah. I never fucking got a dime and never heard from him again. Hmm. And that that's that's the epitome of people I was saying that they 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 created. Uh, 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 diesel, uh, 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 chemical, uh, chem dog in night in two thousand. <laughs> Are they kidding? Yeah. They have to be kidding, you know. And so you have these people, and that same guy. I was doing a show in in uh, I forget where the show was Vegas. I I do a lot of show. I used to do a lot of shows. Anyway, I was doing the show, and I was giving away. Chem dog seeds. I'm, I didn't know he was going to be at that show. He was going to be at the show, give a talk about chem dog and all this. I had no clue that he was going to be there. Uh, he was there. He got all pissed off because I was giving everybody chem dog seeds for free. <laughs> you know. So you you know you have people like me. I'm like Ilo's a real deal. You know, Ilo's, uh, Ilo's a real deal. He's like the, one of the top, top growers in the country, probably in the world. You know what I mean? So it's, 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 uh, you have these young, you know, I, you know, it's like, it, it, sometimes I feel like a, like I, like I have leeches on my body that are sucking my blood. They say they're coming here to give me some energy. All they do is come here to, 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 uh, to, to, to steal knowledge or steal, get strains or get this. Or you know, they want to find something that they can make themselves famous for. Mm. Well, why are you coming to my house then? Yeah. You know, I have that happen to me all the time where people, where I help people, I show people that I do for people and then they take credit and they don't, they don't even name uh, 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 the guru. Yeah. Well, that's why you got me here to help spread your story and give love where it's due, man. I'm all about giving credit where credit's due and paying homage to to the OGs, you know. And that's yeah. exactly what I consider you, man. I mean, you're you're a legend, bro. You know, I, the other day, the other day, I had a, a you know, I you know, these things happen all the time. I had a friend of mine who passed away. Uh, PV uh, uh, Provocer is his name. 
I met him when he was 50 and I was in my 20s. He, he died at 99, 90, 99 years old and 11 months. Mm. He didn't make it to 100, but he, he was up there. He never ate meat his whole life. You know, I mean, he was strict vegetarian and uh, he died. It was, uh, he was like the, 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 one of the most important figures in my life. He really was. And he was my teacher. In Nepal today, they're trying to, you know, I've been chased out of Nepal twice. So <laughs> the, 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 uh, uh, they're trying to make marijuana illegal, legal again medical marijuana legal again and I told the Nepalese I, I gave I gave them I'm giving them the same business plan that I gave the Lao the Lao government when I was there I said I offered the Lao government a billion dollars I said just let me turn this into Amsterdam they, they didn't agree with me and they, they, there was no extradition but they deported me anyway <laughs> but in, in Nepal uh, my idea was that you know everybody comes to the Nepal Everybody comes to Laos to smoke the weed. Everybody comes to Nepal to smoke temple balls. Yeah, they want to see the temples, but they want to be high on temple balls. You know what I mean? And and so uh, 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 I tell them, I told them, I said, you know what you should do is every foreigner, every every tourist that comes into this country, you can offer them a cannabis license, a license with their picture on it, that they're allowed to smoke cannabis at all the at the uh, designated shops designated re- restaurants and designated areas yeah. right so everybody comes into Nepal gets their their cannabis license that they can use all the time that they're in, and they're in Nepal and they can use it if they ever come back to Nepal yeah but right away right away let's say let's say uh, 20 bucks let's say 50 bucks 50 bucks for a license in Nepal to have that license that you can keep in your pocket forever then they go to your uh, uh, government uh, 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 licensed uh, dispensaries. You have government licensed growers. You have lo- government licensed uh, 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 wholesalers. You know, so you're you're setting up an industry. What happened? To, why there was a revolution in Nepal is because they killed. The, they stopped the cannabis industry. Cannabis industry was a big industry in Nepal. Mm. Always has been. Uh, uh, Nepal. And India exported hundreds and hundreds of tons when cannabis was legal and they used it for the pharmaceutical industry. You know? So there's a place in Nepal called Nepal Gunge, right? Where the British used to come and buy, buy cannabis for the industry, for their, for, the, for their medical industry, their pharmaceutical industry. So basically, if they're going to come here to do it, sell them a license and then sell them government stuff. You get ta- you get tax on the you get tax on the airport, tax on the shops, tax the shopkeeper, tax the farmers who are selling it, tax the wholesalers, tax everybody. You're creating an industry. Put everybody to work. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, I'm going to tell them the same thing. I said, how can you have marijuana uh, and hashish illegal in the in the in the in the kingdom of Shiva in the land of Shiva? It just doesn't make any sense. If the old king, Mahendranath, every year at Shivrati, Shiva's birthday, he would drop, he would uh, have a truck uh, load of cannabis that he'd give freely to everybody. Mm. In 1973, his son, Barendra, who was a Harvard trained, came to, came to 
to to Nepal and made it illegal. The only one that the, the only one that was happy the most the, the one that was most happy about that was the pharmaceutical industry. Pharmaceutical industry doesn't want you growing your own medicine. A few years back, the Rasa started dealing, and there was this big scene happening happening again in London, and and uh, GW Pharmaceuticals got. Uh, 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 scared that uh, uh, California-like uh, medical cannabis scene was going to start in in, uh, in in the UK. So what they did is they asked they they asked, they went back to these DEA scientists, uh, you know, Connolly Clark, Skunk Man, uh, uh, and told them to create a marijuana that was like heroin. Now, what are you saying? What, what marijuana like heroin? Well, yeah, they made a marijuana that the minute you take a hit off of it, it makes you super neurotic, super paranoid, and super psychotic. So you had a, a, a psychotic, a neurosis that happened in England. It was on all the newspapers, the, the uh, skunk psychosis and skunk, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they brought all that publicity brought down and it, and, it, and, and it didn't go down the next level. It went back up to the first level where you couldn't have shops again. But now it's back up to the medical level. It's going to happen in New England. You know, GW Pharmaceuticals, how much they get for a gram of weed? Mm-mm. How much? $300. Holy shit. That's what there's that's Sativex. The Sativex, a spray that they put under your tongue. Yeah, that's three hundred dollars for a, for a bottle of that. That's fucking crazy. Oh yes, yeah, the pharmaceutical industry. If you yeah. buy that, they had that Hep C They're drug evil. that cured everybody. It's a hundred dollars a pill here. It's a thousand dollars a pill in the states. Mm-hmm. It's a dollar a pill in India. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it's an evil, evil industry, and it's and it's, it's crazy evil industry. It's and that's who runs the government. Case. The pharmaceutical industry is is, is uh, what well, they've been. They they made Mother Nature. This is one of my lines. They made Mother Nature illegal, and have been selling you chemical concocted copies ever since. Ooh, I like that a lot. That's the truth. Oh yeah, that is a hard truth. Most definitely. That's the truth. That's the truth. You know, a uh, hundred fifty years ago, if you were sick, you didn't want to go to a Western doctor. You wanted to go to a Chinese doctor or an Indian doctor. Mm-hmm. Indian Indian doctors—they've been doing eye surgeries like five thousand years ago. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, so a lot of the information is just being kept from us. Like, if you ever go to the British Museum, every every civilization that ever ever lived ever happened is there. Your story is just absolutely fantastic man and like i'm so grateful that you're have coming. i sent you books yet no not yet not yet we can definitely take care of that after we get done recording though for sure okay yeah yeah uh, yeah sounds good man and so you're i mean your story is just it's it's amazing and i'm really thankful that you're here sharing it with me and my audience and everything so i wanted to kind Thank of you. like i wanted to kind of backtrack to your very first time when you first made your like when you when you were first starting to smuggle the when you're first starting to smuggle hash and you were you know your very first time actually traveling overseas what was that like i mean because i know that was probably intense as fuck and i'm sure it was like just super crazy so i mean tell me tell me what that experience was like well first of all uh uh, uh the first time i was smuggling was from mexico and i crossed the border with i uh, uh i was stationed in uh, fort hood texas and on the weekends, we'd go down to Laredo 
and score weed, and then we'd drive it back across the border ourselves under the hood of the car. We there was no dogs or anything in those days, and uh, 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 basically we went down there with our Ford with our cars, and they had Ford hood, and we all you know were dre- uh, dressed really clean with with the uh, you know really short haircuts and obviously military. So we were never searched; we just waved right through. Oh, okay, nice. And that was my first smuggle, you know, from Mexico. I basically tell people that I went to high school in Mexico when it comes to smuggling. I went to high school in Mexico. Uh, uh, I got my uh, my bachelor's in Kathmandu. I got my master's in Bombay. And I got my PhD on the border of Afghanistan and Pakistan. <laughs> I love That's what it. I tell people, you know. That is a hell of an education. from overseas from Nepal. Uh, I I first was uh, I had a a, 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 a a great connection. His name was Peter Kelly. He's dead now. He was a rock star. He wrote an uh, he did an album called A Path of the Wave and Dealing Blues and uh, and he was my connection and uh, he started selling me hash and then uh, uh, and then he had he introduced me to. The method of picking up the crates at the airport. I had I had made arrangements for someone to have uh, uh, go to the airport and pick up a crate uh, with a Tibetan mastiff in it that was basically built with hash, and uh, it looked like plywood, but it was solid hash. And the dog, when they brought the dog out to smell the crate, the 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 sniffer dog was more excited, uh, was cr- was going crazy over the dog that was in the crate. The crate, uh, the dog that was in the crate wanted to eat that dog. I mean, the, 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 the Tibetan Mastiffs were sort of wild at the time. Okay. And so basically it was a foolproof idea because in those days <clears throat> you didn't need a... Uh, 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 a social security card to get to get open up a bank account. So you, as long as you have ID, whatever ID, you could open up a bank account. We opened up a bank account, then we called up a custom broker to pick up our dog at, at, at from customs, and then we had a, the custom broker deliver the 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 the, the dog to into our own quarantine with a vet who quarantined him, gave him shots, and checked him out for his health. And by the time we, you know, we were watching the, the, the crate move from position to position, once it had been at the, at the vets for about a week or so, we went in and picked them up. That's so crazy. I, I got to give you so much props, man. That's genius as fuck to use like the, the crates. And so, so if like, so the crates, if they were made of hash, how, what, what would happen if it, it rained? It looked like plywood. It I, looked like plywood, but it wasn't. Yeah. I remember you saying that. That's so crazy. So what would happen if it rains? Well, they were all. It was all sealed and glued. Okay, okay. And, and then that we, and then the the the, the tops of the uh, of the tops were covered in aluminum. Oh, right? okay, okay. You know, so they were really well made. They were really professionally made. No yeah. shit, man. That's so crazy. How did you like? So it was it was it kind of like accidental? Whenever you had the hash, you're like, holy shit, this looks like plywood. If we compress it together, we can make crates. Like, how did that idea come to fruition? No, no, no. We we pressed the hash into blocks, and we fit the blocks in a frame that we had built out of the plywood, and then covered the the, the top with three millimeter plywood. We got half inch plywood. And we made a frame out of it, and it was like a a, a, a a sheet of plywood, but then it had a frame. It was made into a frame. The frame mm-hmm. we glued three millimeter ply to that frame, okay. and then we filled the we filled the the the, the, 
the inside of the frame that was empty uh, with hash, and then we took another three millimeter ply and put it on top and then sealed it. Okay, so you kind of made it. you kind of made like almost like a fitting and then put the hash inside there almost. Exactly. Okay, I'm trying to get a good visual for the people that are listening and stuff like that. That's a fucking so genius, man. That is so crazy. How much hash yeah, well, could we, you we fit in? How much? We switched to zoological exchanges after that. So we, we sent four four Himalayan pandas, lesser pandas for two chimpanzees from the Ringley Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. When chimps get old, uh, 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 you can't handle them as well. But these chimps were completely trained. They 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 were uh, uh, addicted to tobacco, to nicotine. They smoked cigarettes, and you know they mm. were you know they were <laughs> they had a whole routine when they when we sent them to Nepal and they weren't in the circus anymore. The Nepalese had never seen a, a, a chimps before that were like humans, and the Nepalese were are, are big smokers, and the chimps were begging the Nepalese. <laughs> For cigarettes. That's so So cool. the Nepalese, Nepalese would give them a cigarette and they started smoking, they would be happy. They did their whole circus routine. <laughs> That's right? insane. So, so the, uh, 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 you know, every day in the Rising Nepal, the newspaper there, there was a commentary about what, what antics the, chip, the chimps would be at, what they would do, because they were all kinds of trained, right? Yeah. And so uh, uh, they, the Nepalese called the two chimps Kancha. And Kanchi, which is our two typical Nepali names. Okay, okay. Right? And so they had a, a running commentary in the newspapers about the antics of the of the chimp. Okay, of the you is, know what I mean. So then, uh, 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 you know, from there, there, you know, it went on to bears, and I was getting ready to send the baby elephant the first time they chased me out of Nepal. <laughs> oh shit, that's crazy. Where was the baby elephant going? Well, the elephant was going to send that by boat. Oh, okay, okay. By Damn, ship. we had somebody actually was going to take care of the animal on a ship. So you got these and, animals you know. <laughs> from. So you got these animals yeah, we from. Sent, we did send the horse. We sent the horse. Uh, the first seven. Uh, the seven. The seven forty-seven. The first seven forty-seven that came to India. Uh, 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 we we trucked a, 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 a Himalayan pony, but uh, the the the, the uh, my friend there scoured the Himalayan pony, the Himalayas, to find a, a dwarf pony small enough to fit in a crate to fit on that 747. Oh, shit. Right? Okay. And so, the, 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 the because it, it could be big now, but not bigger than a dog crate, but not that big. So, we had to get a miniature <laughs> pony. So, we found a dwarf pony. He had to be like 20. You know, he was really an old pony. He had all, like, white hair and beard. He was an old pony, but he was nasty. He would bite everybody. He was just nasty. <laughs> and so we built this elaborate crate. We trucked it down to Bombay, right? And from Bombay, we shipped it out of the airport. Out of the airport. But we, 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 kept, her, we kept the, uh, the, the dwarf horse uh, 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 at the racetrack. The dwarf horse had a, a, a big head, like a, a, a bigger head than his body kind of thing. It really was a freak of nature. I mean, <laughs> just a, a lousy-looking animal. And all these Arab Sikhs that had, like, million-dollar thoroughbreds and all this would come by and look at that and said, you're going to send that to America? 
<laughs> oh yeah, that's that's related to Petruski's horse, the first horses, you know. <laughs> and anyway, we sent the horse right, and so when it got to it got to New York, when it got to New York, uh, 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 the horse got sick and was put in quarantine. Mm. So we figured, oh fuck, we've lost it, right? But then two days later, we got a phone call from the from the uh, from the quarantine. They said, look, we got your horse in quarantine. He's sick. He may not make it out of here. He says, what do you want us to do with the crate? I said, oh, okay, we'll be right down to pick it up. Oh, we shit. Went down, got the crate. Nice. We got the crate, and the horse died in quarantine. Oh, poor guy. Well, hey, at least he... At no, least he, he, he was nasty. He was nasty. You're like, fuck that guy. <laughs> no, I mean, he did his job and stuff. But, I was just going to say, was, at least at least he went out know, with the, honor. The, the, with the Arab Sikhs, when they looked at that horse and they were laughing at us, you know what I mean? Yeah. What are you doing, you know? Right. Little did but, they yeah, know. It was, uh, 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 it was quite an adventure at the time. I could imagine, dude. So so you, you were know, get, how and, did you get the uh, animals uh, from the Nepal, circus? Nepal, you know, has... has uh, 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 there was a communist revolution there. The re- reason there was a communist revolution there is because uh, of the royal family. I mean, everybody was a slave. I mean, in Nepal at the time, let's say yeah, uh, the time in Newsweek, they came out once a week and there was any kind of statement against the king because that was like a feudal system. Everybody there was slave. And so mm. uh, 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 when the, those magazines came to Hong Kong, uh, anything that's... Uh, was derogatory to the king would be blacked out. So when, when, uh, 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 when the, when the magazines came to Kathmandu, they were blacked out. Anything was gone. So the, so the, the Nepalese, uh, 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 the king controlled the, the press like to the biggest extreme. I mean, nowadays that they've had a calm, the only thing that could have saved Nepal is for them to overthrow the king and change the economy because it was a total sl- slave economy. Yeah. And so uh, 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 before, you know, I would call my, my people who worked for me my servants. Now you can't call them servants anymore. You can call them helpers. Oh, okay. The, the, the royal family was involved in the, uh, uh, in the heroin trade. When they, when they made marijuana illegal in Nepal uh, in 73, Barendra, that the king then, he was a Harvard, uh, Harvard educated. Uh, it was the first time that you ever saw kids selling drugs on the street. Mm. Before you could go there, you could go to a, 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 a dispensary, a coffee shop, and buy what you want under, from a government with from a under a government license. It was completely legal in Nepal. When I was there, it was completely legal up until 1973. When they did that, they really cut out a lot of earning power from the from the Nepalese because that was a huge industry. People forget what a huge industry the natural medicine uh, industry was. If you just look, put Parker Davis, uh, 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 Detroit, Michigan, and you look at the, the that Parker Davis factory on the Detroit River, it was huge. I have I have a, 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 a report on how much you know. And let's say. Uh, you, uh, 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 there was a, a, a Food and Drug Act. When they, they made a Food and Drug Act in the 1908 or something, and they, you needed a prescription to buy uh, patented medicines. So you could go to the you could go to the pharmacy if you had a prescription. 
you could buy bulk weed, you could buy hash, you could buy every different kind of tinctures, you could buy, uh, 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 you could buy it by the fluid ounce, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, it was just a huge, huge, huge industry. Yeah. And that stopped when they made it illegal. It's always mm-hmm. been legal for 10,000 years. Now, think about, think about it. The American government made it illegal in 1940, but that didn't last 100 years. The reason it didn't last is because we have an endocannabinoid system that wouldn't work. Cannabis wouldn't work unless we had that system in our bodies. Yep, exactly. So it's, in a, the it's cannabinoid. been an important medicine throughout history for 6,000 years. And the cannabinoid so, system is so I complex, too. I wrote a book called the 15-ounce pound, Big Pharma's Plan to Patent Pot. How, how can anybody, any government or anybody patent marijuana or cannabis? It's been used as medicine for 6,000 years. It's in the Mahabharata. Mm. Cannabis has a Latin name. Mm-hmm. For God's sakes, you know what I mean. So yeah. I, uh, the Chinese have been using it for 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 six thousand years. It's been used for PTSD for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they basically have everybody bamboozled. But Thailand, reading my book, uh, they saw it. They fought the patents, patents, and they declared a medical marijuana in Thailand. And now you can grow your own. In Thailand, basically, based on the information I supplied in my book, you know, and and one of the things I get upset about is I I I, I supply the information and then somebody else takes the ball and takes tries to take take credit for it. Mm. You know, I have one guy who promised me a, 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 a an honorary degree, a job on a board, a job working for a company in Thailand because of the information I supplied him, and I never heard from him since. And what I've heard is that he's going around giving my uh, using my biography to sell himself. <laughs> That's happened to me about three or four times in my life. That's you know? fucked, man. But I'm so right sorry. Right now, Nepal is going through uh, 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 an upheaval because uh, the American government is going to give them a half a billion dollars. But when the American government gives you half a billion dollars, you know there's a lot of strings attached. Mm-hmm. And so the, there's been riots again in Nepal. Uh, 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 protesting, doing any deals with the Americans. Uh, Nepal is confused. They have half of it's like a Democratic Republican kind of group called the Congress Party, and then they have the Communist Party. The, mm. Without communism there, and, and progressive ideas, I mean, Nepal was fucked. They were in a slave system. Imagine the the old king, Mahendranath of Nepal, he had a, a harem, a harem of 5,000 virgins. He never slept with a woman that was not a virgin. Mm. It was a feudal country, man, in the the 21st century, and it was a feudal country like 13th century time. I mean, they they have, it was so superstitious in Nepal that they have a statue there called Bhairab, and and the the superstition is that you go in front of Bhairab and you tell a lie, you die. You know how many people are afraid of that in Nepal? I mean, it's completely superstitious. That's so, crazy. Uh, you know, the, now the, the 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 royal family was heavily involved in the narcotics trade, and in 1983, uh, 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 they were awarded an Olympic. Uh, the soccer team was going to go to the Olympics. And so they 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 had connect, they had contacted me and and the third the 
the minister who was running the Olympic Committee and the and the uh, the black well who, what we call the black prince who went on to be the uh, Ganendra went on to be king uh, uh, after the royal massacre uh, 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 was running the committee and they they, came, they called me up and said oh Joe you've been in, you've been here in the in, in Nepal for a long time you have lots of businesses here you know. I'm, for the first time in the history of Nepal, we're sending a soccer team to the LA Olympics, and we want you to take care of us. We want you to handle our merchandise over there. I said, "Great, man! I got 150 kilos of cream, man. <laughs> I'll pay you. The, I'll give you this hash now, and then I'll pay you for this hash this much in the states when you take it there, right?" And and they said no 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 they they, they talked to Nepali and they said no 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 not the black thing the white thing right oh. and I said oh well that's the one thing I cannot do and I managed to talk my way out of it nice out of there because Good. you know you when you're doing business with a king you know you can't tell him no yeah exactly I, I managed to tell them that there's no way I could I could play that game and I got out of it. And the, and the next year, though, that whole team did what they said they were going to do, and it went down. They were, they arrested the whole team. Oh, shit. All, everybody on the team went to jail. And nobody in Nepal, because there's no control there, knew what happened. Hmm. That's fucking crazy. And so, like, crazy, so all, all of this crazy, shit just happened crazy, completely crazy. under one, the radar. One journalist who did find out what happened, right, was shot and nearly killed. Well, anyway, and by 1986, you know, all these people from Western Nepal say, what's happened to our, our family? They went to do the Olympics. We've never seen them again. What the hell? Right. Then the revolution started and they started blowing up the, uh, the, the, the gates at the palace. And, and then it started the communist revolution, which eventually overthrew the king. Mm. And those are the people that used to grow wheat. Those are the people that used to grow ash. People forget. That Nepal used to for, and India used to export millions of pounds for the pharmaceutical industry in the states and in Europe. Well, I have a a a, 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 a a page where it shows all the prices from 1910 till 1940 when it was illegal. You know, pharmacies like Lilly and, and, and Pfizer would sell uh, uh, bulk weed to pharmacies where they could sell it to people who had prescriptions for a dollar sixty a pound mm. in nineteen ten. That's fucking you know crazy. A dollar sixty a pound it ever got was during the depression, it got to forty dollars a four dollars a ten dollars a pound. Mm. And 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 during Prohibition they had they became a, such a thing called tea pads. Because instead of people, a lot of people who didn't want, who didn't drink anymore, they they went to smoking pot, and the music was jazz and the music was blues. So that's where they got that expression "tea pad," and that's where you get the expression when people are calling pot tea. Oh, okay. I haven't heard that in a long time. I forgot that was actually know, a name you know for it. They call pot pot because in Morocco they had they, they they had an expression: "May your pot never be emptied." And the pot is where they used to make their tobacco and and uh, uh, and bud combinations because marijuana has always been legal in, in Morocco. It's hash that's illegal. Hmm, that's interesting. So I was curious. People speaking, call, people call now. They say keef, you know, as as for the resin glands that they strip off a, a, of a plant. 
that's not Keith. Those are resin glands. Keith is a is the male plant. Is the is the is the pollen that the male plant gives to a female plant to produce seed. Yeah, yeah. People are confused about that because when the Dutch sort of try to take over marijuana and cannabis, they confused all the names. Yeah. Because that really wasn't their scene, you know? Imagine you go to Jamaica and, and, and you want to smoke some Jamaican collie or some, some Jamaican lamb's bread and all you can get is Dutch treats. Yeah, I would be pretty pissed. I would be pretty pissed. Yeah, well, that's what they've done all over the world, the Dutch. They've done that all over the world. Mm-hmm. So now, again, talking about uh, 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 re-legalization in cannabis. There's a big movement now to legalize and, and legalize in can, uh, cannabis in Nepal. And so I'm going to go there and give them a PowerPoint presentation showing them what the business was like when prior to, to making it illegal and make the mother nature illegal and mm-hmm. and uh, how, how much that that business was it was huge i have a book it has the drug plants of africa it shows all the plants that were being grown for medicinal purposes in africa and it, it had all the cures for just about everything exactly and that's what the, well that's what the pharmaceutical companies did they got that information right that trial and error information that we have evolved with throughout the years the thousands of years, you know, and just copied. They they, they waited until uh, they the the science caught up, and then guess what? It became legal. Yeah, <laughs> they could only make it illegal for a certain period of time. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try to you know to uh, explain to the Nepal. You know, now one of the things about about that 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 they have a uh, uh, they they they've forgotten. Is right. Why did the hippies come to Nepal? Because when you go to Nepal now, that old hippie, the hippie street, the hippie things, that's all nostalgia now of the good old days. When we first went to Nepal, it was a totally nonviolent place. They didn't even kill bugs there. I mean, you know what I mean? They just, it was one of the most peaceful, most beautiful, most loving places. The people loved us. Yeah. They loved us, man. We, and it was a place where we could come and, 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 and be free. But the thing about what people forget was that the, the Vietnam War was raging in that time. And people were running away from the draft. People were running to Kathmandu. People were running to Canada. People were running all to Sweden, to Denmark, to, to get away from the draft. Okay. You know? And so Nepal... Uh, 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 signified, you know, uh, to us complete freedom. We could go there. We could smoke weed. It was Buddhist. It was nonviolent. The food was vegetarian if you wanted. I mean, it was just a really beautiful, romantic place. Yeah. So, th- so, so that's I, exactly I, I, what I'm going to be telling the police is that you need to bring the love back. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. So that's kind of how that hippie culture sort of originated in Nepal is because of all of these hippies that came over there no, to the avoid hippie, the Vietnam. Hip, that's the, the hippie culture started in San Francisco, but the, the, the hippie culture in Nepal where the hippies from San Francisco and from the, all over the world were coming to Asia seeking. That's that's what I was and saying. When they came yeah, to Asia, they came to Nepal. They found a nonviolent place. Everything it was just exactly. A peaceful, peaceful so that's place how the Nepal hippie culture fight. started. People didn't argue. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was, it was uh, a, 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 a grand place, man. I was I was given the my 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 workers, my helpers. 
a hundred bucks a month. And in those days, a hundred dollars was more than a minister made. Mm. Okay. I mean, I mean and the problem was that. That's awesome. Know, and, and now you have a whole younger generation <laughs> that, that uh, 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 want that back. They want the love back in Nepal. They, they've lost sight. They, 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 they romanticize it. Well, and one thing that, but they don't understand why it happened there. I mean, yeah. we had, there was one doctor, you know, they drafted doctors right, right out of uh, medical school. Mm-hmm. You went right into the military in those days. And we had one doctor, I forget his name. Now I got to think of his name before I do my, my new documentary. And he, he ran away from the draft and, and hid out in the Himalayas and he would walk from village to village event. Uh, he would come into town and to Kathmandu and get some money, you know, and, but then he disappeared again. He was evading the draft. And after you know, five years, this guy just helped everybody. He went from village to village in the mountains and, 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 and gave medicine away, gave treatment away. He was a doctor. And he was really loved. And, and these guys, these, those people would never see a doctor their whole life. Mm. Except this American guy just walking around being uh, uh, treating people. And they came and got him and, 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 and brought him back to the States and put him in jail. That's so fucked. That's so fucked. The draft was a bitch, man. Yeah. The draft, everybody was running away from the draft, dude. I mean, a lot of people were running from the draft, you know? So uh, uh, people, the, the police people don't understand that. You know, that we wanted to get away from war. We wanted to get away from violence. We wanted to get away from all those things that we had grown up with. Yeah. You know? Exactly, and, and so you wanted to that, and then they don't know the history of cannabis, and they don't know the history of illegal of legalization. Oh, I lost you again, bud. They they don't there know the history of 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 of, of uh, uh, the laws prior to prohibition. They don't realize they don't know the history of why it was prohibited. Yeah, it was prohibited because they couldn't control it anymore. Well, exactly. And it was prohibited because they wanted to, you know, because it was a combination of these different big businesses along with big pharma that realized that they could, you know, make it illegal and then do all these other devious things. And especially in America, exactly. when it comes, exactly. especially but, in the States, when it comes pharma, to the paper industry, it's too, funny. all these big companies like Lilly, Pfizer, which is used to be Parker Davis, all these big companies, right? They made their initial fortunes on cannabis. Yep. Yeah. I remember they we were talking about that. They made their initial fortunes on opium. Yeah, for sure. They, exactly. Uh, made their initial fortunes on cocaine, mm-hmm. novocaine, all that stuff that they that's derived from cocaine. Cocaine was used as a uh, 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 an agent that they could put on an eye and freeze it. Hmm. Under eye and freeze it so that they could do operations. Whoa! I didn't know that. That's crazy. Oh yeah, that was it was used for in, in eye operations for years. So they would put the cocaine on your eye and then freeze it. They they they, they would freeze the eyeball so they could work on. It. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> that's oh yeah, insane. but that was an old medication. Uh, cocaine, heroin, uh, 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 opium, and cannabis have been the original medicines. Of all, I mean, think, think of how much medicine, how many medicines are made just from cocaine. Yeah, exactly. War and also opium, too. And then not to mention how oh, many opium, and, too. And then, and the, you know, the opium crisis, you know, you can't blame the Chinese, man, for having animosities. We we opiated that country for 200 years. Yeah, that's a solid we point. We flooded that country with opium 
when Mao took over, the first thing he did was liquidate all the fucking opium addicts and stop that industry. Mm. That was a big, big, the English, you know, uh, uh, if you have ever been to the British Museum, then you can see what, how they have raped and plundered all around the world to see all the stuff that they have there. You know what? They should give that back. Mm. <laughs> you yeah. want to see culture? You go to the English, the, 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 the British Museum. And then the same thing with the Dutch. They want to take over cannabis uh, and make it like they have two, the control over tulips and the, so that whenever, wherever you go, it'll be Dutch weed. Yeah, that's... <laughs> so in your opinion, where does the best weed come from these days? Uh, Africa. Really? Uh, African weed, you know, yeah, because it's... Uh, uh, well... I do I like me some Durban poison. The, the best... The, the reason I, I say that is because nowadays I call all, all the weed that they you buy in these dispensaries dumb weed. It's oh, all, yeah. all, all high on THC. Yeah. It has none of the cannabinoid <laughs> profiles, none of the terpenes, and all it does all it does is stupefy you. Well, and a lot yes, of people in the cannabis industry need to hear this sort of stuff because like it, a lot of people shop by, based on THC alone. It's completely ridiculous because there's so many holistic factors that go into it, locking in perfectly, lock and key with your cannabinoid system. I don't ever shop by THC. I shop by terpenes now. You know, well, the like, thing about it is, is that if it wasn't for me, there, people wouldn't even know about terpenes. I've been the one that's been putting the terpenes back into the weed. Good, that's good. Really one of my things. That's why I've been. Into, that's why with my seed bank, you know, I was, I was, I was bringing land races and F one first generation. Uh, 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 when you t- when you when you take two different land race strains and you breed them together, the first generation, you get like a, 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 Oh, I lost you again, bud. Are you, can you see me? Can you hear me at all? If you can, uh, I can't. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I can. Yeah. I can hear you now. Yeah. I'm there. I'm here. Hello. I'm here. Can you hear me? Okay. The, 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 uh, so anyway, what we want to do is bring the love back to Kathmandu and bring, I mean, right now, I, uh, 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 you know, they, they, in 1986, the, the, uh, World Heritage Foundation came to Nepal and declared the Nepal like, uh, are you there? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Uh, uh, uh declared, uh, Nepal like a historical area because it was like walking in a, uh, walking in the 15th century. With all these old pieces and old statues and old temples and all this, they declared the whole area as a heritage foundation. But you know what? Now with COVID and everything else, all the hotels they built are empty. Tourists aren't going to go to Nepal. Mm. People have no interest in Buddhism, have no interest in Hinduism, have no interest in meditation, have very little interest in yoga. So all that, all all that what people used to go to Nepal for the Himalayas and stuff that they had a huge earthquake that just ravished that country. You know what I mean? So now they're they're trying to figure out why we got all these hotels, all this infrastructure. How can we get people back? Well, you get people back by not only people come here for the for to yeah to see the. I lost you again, bud. Okay, so where was I? Um, so actually, I wanted to. Uh, I kind of wanted to just jump into this uh, documentary that uh, they're going to be making about you, or like this documentary that you were discussing with me. So I mean, you got a lot of big things okay. going. You're going to be going this back to Nepal. I, I, one of the, the uh, you know, uh, 
Uh, my criminal career in cannabis, except now it's legal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing, you know. But the, the first thing I'm going to do is a PowerPoint presentation to the government uh, 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 on the history of cannabis, the history of the pharmaceutical industry, and what happened in Cabindu when they made it illegal and all the other stuff. And then talk about today, what's happening today, and bring them up to date mm. and show them how much money they're losing. I mean, I, one of my ideas... Uh, in the uh, in my PowerPoint presentation, is that everybody who comes to Nepal, they can get they at the airport for fifty bucks, they can get a, a marijuana license that's good for life, which also ensures that they'll come back one day, and mm-hmm. they can and they they can use that card to go into designated dispensaries and designated areas where people can smoke, enjoy, and buy their medicine. That's fucking genius. And it's amazing. And, and then, and, and then the 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 the, uh, the farmers they have to pay. They have to get a license to be able to grow. They pay the government. They sell. They they, they grow. They sell it to a wholesaler. He pays. Everybody pays for licenses all the way through. Mm, okay. Okay. You know, so they'll be they'll be able to control it. They 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 can't control it because they have they don't have any kind of rules and regulations. They've got to regulate it to control it. Yeah, most definitely. Well, yeah, for sure. And that's also how you can make the, the industry so, evolve, too. I'm going too. to show them an American example. I'm going to show them my licenses and what we can do here now and, and just bring them up to date as far as the information and give them all the historical information that they want. But with the documentary, we're going to go to all the places that I used to all my old haunts. Nice. That's going to be and so, so we're cool. Gonna be, I'm going to be, some of it will be in Laos. Some of it will be in, in Nepal. Some of it will be in Pakistan. Some will be, some of it will be in India. And just like a walkthrough of my life, of, of my, it's like a walking autobiography. That is so cool. When is this supposed to be getting started? It's it started already. And we're, on, we're in the a planning phase right now. We're thinking about doing a five part series, Ooh. like a series, uh, you know, a part. Some of it in Nepal, some of it in Laos, some of it in Pakistan, some of it in India, you know, and just uh, 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 and then bringing people up to date about what's happening now. Yeah, too. and people India's need to for a, sure. Is doing a bit. The, the thing about Nepal is that uh, Nepal is uh, in between in the Himalayas is in between China and and India, two big countries, right? And they've been at each other's throats. Uh, since the 60s and so uh, uh uh in nepal which is when i was in nepal nepal was uh, uh india was a non-aligned country but that means uh, it was non-aligned to the west okay. so the countries that were non-aligned to the west were you know uh uh uh, uh the uh nepal india you know uh, uh there was a lot of countries cuba Russia, China, for sure, the whole non-aligned countries that weren't aligned to the West, right? Yeah, and uh, 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 I'll tell you a funny story. I was in Calcutta, and and Fidel Castro was going coming to Cal coming to Calcutta on his way to Tashkent for a, a non-aligned meeting, and so I was an opportunity for me to see Castro at at the airport in in, uh, in Calcutta. So I went out there. And as he came off the plane, he got introduced 
to all the different communist parties in India because in India they got like a hundred communist parties, and you know they got communist party, uh, uh, they got communist party the Maoist, communist party Leninist, communist, you know it just goes on and on and on and on. And when when Castro came out and he got introduced to all these communist parties, you know what he said that I cracked that he said in Cuba. Tenemos un party comunismo. <laughs> In Cuba, we only have one communist party. <laughs> I, I, that was so funny. I, I just couldn't even tell you how. Oh, for sure. Was. But yeah, the, 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 so yeah, so uh, at that point, it was not pro West. It was, uh, you know, and, and now India has completely turned its pro America com- camp now. Okay. But when I was there in the 60s, it was not aligned. Mm. And and they bought all their weapons from Russia and all this and half of half of India is communist anyway even today you know oh wow so, so they're 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 running the, the the drug war they're still playing the drug war they're still playing the drug war some countries are not some countries like Thailand they're looking to export cannabis to the American market. Which would be fucking smart because cannabis can also save economies too, like you know. And oh then yeah, it, it could save the economy in Nepal, put a lot of people back to work. Exactly, create, that's what I was getting at. Create an industry. Yeah. And so I'm hoping to be able to influence them, them, them in that. But you know, the 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 uh, the Nepalese are, are are in between China. And, and 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 India, man, they're under a lot of pressure. They, uh, uh, yeah, a lot of Indian people have moved to Nepal, and they're trying to influence the country to be like uh, 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 India is. And the Chinese are there too. The Chinese, are, they they have built. You know, the Chinese have a train now from from uh, Beijing all the way to Vientiane and Laos. They're building trains and infrastructures all around the world, in Africa, in South America. They're probably going to build it. They've got a train to Lhasa. They're going to connect Lhasa to Kathmandu. Mm. I mean, it's going to be, you know, and <clears throat> the Chinese are smart, smart people. They, they come in, they build up your infrastructure. They, they put people to work there. You know, they come in, they come in and they and, and, and they like the Americans come in with a half a billion dollars. They're going to give to Nepal. It sounds like a lot of money, but man, with the strings attached, you know, it makes them like you, they have control. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. Of, you know, people are tired of that shit. No, you know definitely. I mean? now most they're, definitely. Now they're, now they're, you know, they're talking about another uh, war in, the, in in Europe with the Ukraine. I mean, how many wars are you going to got to have in the, in the in Europe? I know. It's crazy I mean, everything it, it that's going on, on right on there. And on and on. People are tired of it, man. Yeah, and, you know the only one that laughing that's laughing about the 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 uh, uh, what's going on in Europe are, uh, are are the people in the military industrial complex. They're yeah, the exactly. ones that are pushing all this stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And see, that was why we went to Nepal in the beginning, in the get go, because we wanted to get away from that. And Nepal uh, uh, signified us peace and love. Yeah. And then it's going to be good to bring that energy back because that's exactly what people need, especially for building up an economy and putting people back to work and like, you know, and utilizing an infrastructure that's already there. So people that are people that are, you know, like listening to this, how can someone kind of help with this whole process, like on the ground floor for those that are listening that maybe want to kind of be able to do their part to be able to make sure all of this stuff happens? 
Well, you can come to Nepal. <laughs> yeah. Once once we have it once we have it switched over back to where it was and there and it's open again and, and it's loving again and we get it we get it uh, because that's the only thing that can save Nepal now they have no industry there and the only industry that they have is the tourist industry and no one's jumping on planes to fly to Kathmandu. Yeah, but if you get that cannabis stuff going, it's going to be going for sure. Because I know for a hundred percent fact, you let me know, I'll fucking get a passport and I'll go to Nepal with you. That sounds like fun. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. And, and, and especially, the, you know, the idea of having a, a license from Nepal that lasts you for the rest of your right? life, right? Right. Guarantees you're going to come back. Forget about it. That sounds amazing. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah I love and, it. And, and you know, back in the old days. You know, I would fly up to Rara Lake and I would buy the, 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 the production of Spaghetti Fingers and I would fly it back into Kathmandu and, and take it into the custom shed and pay 35 rupees a kilo tax and then I could take it home. Wow, that's crazy. That's amazing. <laughs> Those were the good old days. Dude. That Those sounds the- like <laughs> some good old days, most definitely. That's fucking amazing. I, mean, uh, uh, I can't even tell you. I mean... Uh, I mean, they're still reliving the hippie scene. They have a, a street there. Its official name is Freak Street. Nice. <laughs> That's cool. I love it's that. Do. But they're, and there are freaks there, but no one's getting high. <laughs> no one's, it's still illegal. People are afraid. Why should people be afraid in, 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 in Shiva's country, Shiva's land, the land of Shiva? Are you kidding me? I know, right? You know, but, but in the old days when they have Shivrati, which is Shiva's birthday, the king would send a truckload of marijuana and give it to everybody for free. Mm. That was one of the few things that, that that's that amazing. Had, that's that crazy. Did good for his people, you know. Yeah, I was gonna but, say that's pretty amazing. Was a slave. Yeah, everybody, nobody, no one, no one looked him in the eye. Mm, okay. No one dared to look him in the eye. I mean, it was it was a feudal system, dude. Yeah, you know, let me say that that's some old for me. that's some old school medieval <laughs> shit right there for sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's yeah. rough. So I'm hoping that that'll happen, and then we're we're gonna try to you know to bring tourism back to Nepal and make everybody feel good about it. A lot of people say, well, you know, it's so they they're under the wrong ideas and the wrong concepts there. They 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 think they can control it by burning it down and and, and putting people in jail. No, they got to control it by legalizing it and regulating it and make people pay for licenses. Amen. Amen. A hundred percent. So before we start wrapping things up, I wanted you, you mentioned that you have a new website. Uh, so I want to be able to plug that before we sign off here, bud. Okay. The website is growlikejoe.com, but it's not up yet. But uh, 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 I, I'm not so much. Uh, there's no more seeds on that pack uh, on that. I'm going to come back. I'm going to br- I'm right now replicating my my collection. I will be back on the seed market, uh, 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 you know, within a year. But uh, the the uh, you know the 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 website is basically I I'm selling products that I that I believe in. Like I have a, a nutrient uh, 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 it's a one part nutrient, and it's called Dripping Stone Nutrients, and uh, 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 it's completely ionic, so it's like cannabis blood. So when you when you mix it, the, the it doesn't have to break up the compost and all that. It's already it's already water soluble, so it just is sucked in by like, like cannabis blood. That's and the, the results are just fantastic. 
It's the best. There's only two formulas in the world that are at that level. And this is even more superior because it breaks down salt easy. The other one, you have to boil water. You have to do this. You have to do that. With this, you just mix it. And when you when you buy it in bulk, it comes out to five cents a gallon. Mm. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. So That's... right away, I come in. I come in and I put you in a, a nutrient where where my whole attitude is growing fire at the lowest common denominator. I love that. I love that. And what was the name of the website again? Growlikejoe.com. Uh, Growlikejoe.com. Grow, grow, grow like and then I'm also selling another product. It's called Liquid Gold. And the Liquid Gold is a, 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 a biostimulant. So mm. what it does, it stimulates the plant to produce like 15 to 20% more terpenes and 50, 15 to 20% more weight. Fuck yes, Naturally. that's amazing. All those <laughs> Hell products yeah. are natural. You ever see buds that are uh, that, that almost look like they're snowballs? They're covered with so much trichomes. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's how you get that. Fuck yeah, with this that's... kind of product called liquid gold. Liquid and, gold. And uh, so I'm going to be selling products uh, uh, that I believe in, that I use in my everyday life, in my everyday farm. Hell yeah. Well, Joe, this was an honor, honor meeting you. I am so fucking thankful that we got to sit down and have these conversations, man. Like it's, this was, this was a lot of fun. Your story is amazing. And I really would hope to have you back on the podcast sometime, man. I would love to have you back anytime, on. Anytime, anytime, anytime. Send me an address where I can send you some books. That sounds amazing. Also, yeah, let's plug your books. What are the names of your books again? So that way people can find but, them. But the name of our book is the, uh, the King of Lapal, Life Before the Drug Wars. And the 15-ounce pound, Big Farmers Plant the Pat Pot. Awesome. And, and the, 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 the King of Nepal, the Ice Wars edition, which is basically the non-published version. But with the Ice Wars, it goes over Dutch marketing fraud. Well, thank you so much for joining me, man. I really had a blast meeting you. And anybody that's interested, you can find Joe's books on Amazon. And you can also find him on his website and Definitely check them out. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the Hippie Speedball Podcast. It is Joe, your host with the most Joe, and I will see you guys next time. Peace. And when I'm done touring and performing, send me back to Oregon. I'm from Oregon. I drink my coffee, smoke my reefer in the morning. I roll two J's up and then I don't them. And when I'm done touring.